Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of What Pat Reads. I am so excited to begin season two, episode one. It has been a long time coming and last season's reviews were amazing. They got so much listeners, so much positive feedback and I was so excited but I didn't want to drag on the season. Um, I decided to do the seasons in 10 episodes So if you want your book to be reviewed in season two, this season's episode, go over on my webpad profile called Misunderstood98 and send me a message so we can quickly get you on this season's uh, episodes. I already have about several slots have already been taken. They literally... The requests come in so fast. And if you want your book to be reviewed, then go do what I just said on my um, profile. Hit me up, let me know, and I'll get you sorted out. But without further ado, the first book that I will be reviewing for this episode is called Unexpected Mathematician. It has 4,000 reads. Wow, congratulations. 1,000 votes and 30 chapters or 30 parts. And I'm just going to read the summary here. At the age of two, Jonathan Poland was fascinated by numbers and words. He started developing the ability to calculate numbers and to read words speedily. He skipped grades because he was too smart, somehow smarter for his age. He ended up dropping and preferred to be homeschooled, becoming his own teacher. Fortunately, Ibrahim Sage became his mentor. When he turned 18, Ibrahim offers him an opportunity to become a math lecturer at Edinburgh University. The postgraduate students hadn't expected their professor to be as young as he is. Follow Jonathan Poland's life with his students as they become as they experience the twist of a life. And that is the summary. Um, it is categorized as, or the genre is drama fiction, yeah, drama fiction, and it does not have any mature uh, content, so yeah, let's get into the first chapter, shall we? Chapter 1, Jonathan's Point of View. Mrs. Poland, your son might be five, but I think he has the highest intellectual capacity for this grade. He must be binding for the next grade. I remember my first grade teacher uttering those words, and I was just four years old. The following month, I was promoted to the second grade. There was no diverse from the previous grade. Everything was informal to me. It was a boring thing and much more frustrating to learn easy stuff like spelling mother, father, or knowing ABC with the call for A for apple, B for ball, and C for cat. This form of study was was a cataclysm for a five-year-old boy who knew what factorizing was. I had no passion to attend classes or grace my presence in school to be taught caudal stuff. There was a time when I'd tear off my second grade textbooks out of frustration and I tell my mother that I didn't want to go to school to learn superfluous things. Jonathan, 
how many apples would we have if we had if we add three apples with three other apples my second grade math teacher asked i had looked up at her with a melancholy and glaze of eyes and didn't even give a damn about giving her the right answer truly as i remember i never wanted to participate in class because of that my math teacher reported to the principal about my lack of participation in class why aren't you participating in class jonathan asked the principal I don't participate in toddler's class, I replied straightforwardly. I was then promoted to the third grade at the age of six. The worst grade ever, and I had thought to myself that school was inoperable exclusively for people like me. Luke, what is the opposite of bad? The teacher asked the boy sitting next to me. Uh, uh, it's evil, the boy replied uncertainly. I deadpanned and shook my head incredulously. I couldn't believe a 10 or nine year old boy didn't know the opposite of bad, while a five year old boy knew the opposite of contention. My English teacher gazed up at me and asked me one of the easiest questions I didn't want to reply. Jonathan, what is the opposite of happy? He asked. I glared at him and said, ask your mama. I was six when I was gambled to high school when many thought of me as what the hell however i used to find everything on earth very easy than the word itself words were easy to find its definition without using dictionary on my side numbers were easy to solve without the use of a calculator science was easy to make experiments without the book of instructions i had reached to a point where i stopped going to school but decided to learn from my mentor ibrahim sage who tend to believe in me no matter what. I like science, but mathematics is my first priority. At the age of 12, my mentor obliged me to attend 10 classes in the 11th grade, which I did, but later dropped out because I was asked to. From the day I was a toddler up until now, I am 18, turning 19 in two months, I've studied for far more than 100 mathematical books. The German mathematician Leopold Kronecker he is one of my inspirations. He articulated an intellectual thrust that dominated a lot of mathematics through the second half of the 19th century. He placed the infinitesimal calculus on a sound logical footing. Calculus netted its own name. I love calculus. Nathan, Mr. Sage will speak to you. My beautiful mother, Sarah, called out as she popped her head in my room. I was reading a book titled The Four Pillars of Geometry by John Stilwell. Tell him I'll be right there, I replied, my eyes fixed in the book. I meant now, Nathan, not in your own set of time, she added, making me groan in annoyance. Don't keep him waiting, she exited. I grunted in frustration and slammed the book shut. I hated disruptions, especially when I'm reading. I hurriedly went downstairs, wondering why Mr. Sage wants to speak to me. He pledged that he will not disturb my life again, and that he will never again think of heralding me to partake in scientific innovations in math competitions. When I stepped into the main room, Mr. Sage's back was facing me as I uttered words to my parents. Ahem, I cleared my throat. Mr. Sage craned his head to face me. His lips curled into his infamous smile. As usual, he is in his suit. His black grayish hair is styled richly, looking 30 when he is in his early 50s. 
Here's my brilliant mathematician geek, he said, as he stood up to give me his usual cordiality hug. What do you want, Mr. Sage? I thought you said no more innovations. Jonathan, you need to know the reason why he's here first before you begin whining about innovations. My father, Raphael, interrupted. Ah, Jonathan, let's talk only for today. Then I shall definitely depart. No competitions, as I have pledged. I tensed a little and adjusted my thick glasses. I gave him a nod, motioning that I'm ready to listen. Voila! He gave me an assuring smile. Dr. Dougal sent me documents that you need to sign. Before he even continued, I opened my mouth to protest. I am not done speaking, Jonathan. He held his index. I am simply saying that these forms are intended to be from the University of Edinburgh. Professor Dixon has resigned from his position as a math professor. I stood unmoved, blankly staring at Mrs. Sage, ready to take in what he's about to say. My mom has been smiling since I got here. I have a feeling it's good news. Mr. Sage added when he noticed my buoyant look. If you sign these documents, he grabbed files that lay on the table. You are sure that you are willing to be a mathematician at the university. Particularly, you will be teaching first year students for the second semester. I gawked at him motionlessly, trying to decipher what he said. Isn't this what you always wanted, Jonathan? Mother inquired, her eyes enlightening with contentment. This is what I've always wanted, and I can't believe it's really happening. Am I really going to be a mathematician? My words came out in a tone of uncertainty and disbelief. You're already a mathematician, Jonathan. You are going to be a math professor to one of the best universities in Scotland, he replied, smiling. But only if you accept to sign these papers, he held them in the air. Unless you're not interested and have decided to remain that same lethargic chap, indefinite homely mathematician. You're kidding me, Mrs. Sage. I definitely want to sign the papers right now without a second thought. Good choice, Nathan. I am proud of you. My mom planted a warm kiss on my cheek, pulling me in a hug. I took a glance at my father. His frowning face said it all. He wasn't happy with my decision. I'm glad you agreed to it, he retorted, his tone cold and his smile not reaching his ears. I knew my father wasn't actually meaning those words either. He always pretends to be in alliance with something, but his heart is in dispute. Okay, it's time to sign before the sunset, Mrs. Sage uttered, handing me a pen as he plastered the forms on the shimmering crystal table. I settled down on the sofa, reading the code of conduct and the statements, and I signed on every page that needed my signature. Finally, I got to tutor young people mathematics. All my life, I wanted to stand in front of, my, in front of the minority revealing to them the deep secrets of math. However, it wasn't really what I dreamt of, but it is simply because I am too clever to get a job or go to school. Don't study more than what is expected of you. Jobs wouldn't take you, my mom had said to me when I was little. Nonetheless, I was too stubborn to take her advice. Having high qualifications beyond limit wouldn't get you an office, but will get you a whiteboard. My brother, Chris Poland, had told me, and it is exactly what is happening to me now. I thought studying a lot will give me an opportunity to be successful in becoming a mathematician for companies, but nothing like that happened. Instead, I end up dreaming of becoming a professor for university, which was such a hit for me. But right now, my father will have something to contradict, and I never liked that part of him.
that was chapter one. Now let's get into the review part of it. So right away, I could say that the summary is cute. It gave me a little insight into what the book will be about. And like I always say, the summary is very important because that is a lot of the reason why readers decide to read your book. So make sure your summary is eye-catching, amazing, and it draws the readers in. Okay, so the first chapter made me laugh as I was getting to know who Jonathan was and, you know, how he skipped a lot of grades and how he got, how or how he was going to be the mathematician that he always wanted to be. So that was good. And um, the author does mention her awareness of grammatical errors and, um, you know, you guys should really strive to make sure you have as least amount the least amount of errors in your book possible because that can definitely turn away readers i am one of those readers when i see too much um errors i kind of get pushed off and i kind of get a bit annoyed with it and i don't want to read further but i pushed through and i um read a, a couple of chapters but I say all that to say, guys, please make sure that you correct all these mistakes or as much as you can, you know. Um, be careful and aware of diction. Sometimes the words that uh, the author said in this book were a bit contradictory. Like when you said, when someone said, I stood up upright, that was kind of, um, what's the word? Yeah, anyway, I can't remember the word right now, but it's kind of contradictory. If he's standing up already, then you shouldn't have to put upright right behind the word upright, you know? So just make sure you're, you guys are watching these things. I know we want to speak so eloquently and use amazing words that, you know, can keep our readers' attention, but we want to make sure we're not you know, using the wrong words where they shouldn't be. So, uh, the people are talking about a lot of things that readers might, sorry, the author. No, the people in the prologue. They were talking a lot about things that the readers might not know. It may turn them away, especially in the first chapter. And I was a bit confused. I didn't read the title prologue. I just you know, was scrolling and I was reading and I was like, what, what, what's going on here? I was a bit confused. They were talking about all his accomplishments and, um, just all the things that he'd done. And I was just like, oh my gosh, not to be, uh, disrespectful or anything, but it was a bit of a bore to read. That's why I was, um, I just wish the author was a bit careful putting all that information right away in the prologue like that's the first thing the readers would read and if that's not their sort of thing if they don't really know what's being said or what's being talked about that would just make them click off the book you know so really be careful with things like that and um when the characters speak it can feel unnatural sometimes because they're using words people don't normally use in conversation. And as you can see, um, what in the first chapter that I just read, first of all, I just want to make it known that 
whatever I read or whatever words that I say is how the author has written them. So sometimes, like, I don't want you guys to think it's me butchering the words or it's me um, not saying the correct words. I try to read it just like how they write it. You know, and if there's a grammatical error, sometimes I try to um, fix it as I read it. But sometimes I kind of stumble because I'm like, okay, what are they trying to say? So, yeah, I say that to say that I read it just as they write it. So, just putting it out there if it sounded a bit weird. Yeah, I was just reading it like how the author wrote it. But, yeah, I just wish the, the character spoke quote-unquote <clears throat> normally like normal people it it kind of felt like the characters talked like they were in the 80s or something and it confused me because I thought it was based on a recent timeline you know like now like as I'm talking to you guys that's how I thought it would be but in the book it's like father highly dislikes when I use illogical things and it's just I feel like yeah sometimes we want to put big words and use all kind of cool diction and you know thinking that it will bring in readers and it can but we don't want to put in so much that the point or the idea of the story is lost on the reader because sometimes I felt like it was and I felt like, you know, I didn't know what I was reading. So, also, the point of views are kind of all over the place. It should be more concise. So, it went from third person back to Jonathan, Jonathan's first person. And then in the next chapter, it went to third person. And then it cut halfway. And then it went back to Jonathan's point of view. I just think we should stick to one point of view. And if we absolutely need to switch to a different point of view, make it short, concise, and make it legible, make it clear, and not just switching back and forth on and off. And overall, overall, I'd give the book a five, simply because it, it had a lot of things that I think it can be improved on, and um, if you really like the more, I wouldn't say it's fiction, it, it kind of felt like it was I mean of course it's fiction because of course this young guy didn't do all these amazing things but it, I feel like sometimes a bit of it could have been non-fiction too simply how they were talking about um, becoming a mathematician and I felt like the book was so non-fictional at times but if that's your genre if that's what you like then this book would be suited for you if you are interested in mathematics and all things consisting of that then I think this is gonna be the book right for you and you'll probably really really love it well that is all for this episode thank you so 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 much for tuning in I appreciate you guys a bunch and if you want your book to be reviewed, simply go on Wattpad to my profile. It's misunderstood98 and send me a message and let me know which book you want me to review. And I will definitely get on that. And all you have to do is follow my profile 
and subscribe to the podcast. That's it. Two simple steps. Otherwise, everything is literally free. I do it all for free. And I love, love, love to read your books. I also have a few books of my own. They are on my profile. It's called Vanilla Twilight, Understanding Him and Friends. And also Dawn. That's book two of Vanilla Twilight. I'm sure you guys will love it. And also, contact me on any of my social medias. I'm on Twitter at Green Tea Baddie, B-A-D-D-I-E. I'm on Snapchat at Roxanne Ruby. I'm on Instagram at Roxy.Ruby. Hit me up, guys. Let me know if you want me to review your books. If you just want to follow, I follow back, guys. Totally. You can just hit me up. Let me know. But thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.